Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, none other than my big homie, Ricky Smiley. Ricky, thank you for joining us again on Indisputable. How are you, sir? I'm good today. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. We're excited to have you. All right. Top story of the day. Date from hell. A white female kidnaps, duct tapes, and stabs a black male during a Tinder date. Let's put a picture up full throttle here. All right. She could be incarcerated right now for murder. Let me give you the background as to what happened. According to the police, Colorado, a Colorado woman decided to duct tape, stab a 21 year old black male Tinder date. She orders DoorDash while he bled. The victim barely escaped with his life. The officers arrested Lauren Marie Dooley and charged her with a second degree kidnapping, a class three felony, two counts of assault in the second degree, a class four felony, menacing, a class five felony, and false imprisonment, a class two misdemeanor. According to WKRC, Dooley appeared in an El Paso County court on Thursday, October 6th. I have significant background to this extreme story. The victim was 21 years of age, a black male who met his attacker on the popular dating app. A Colorado woman has now been charged with multiple felonies after she allegedly brutally assaulted her Tinder date. The 22 year old is accused of stripping him naked, duct taping him, choking him and slicing him up with a knife before she ordered something to eat on DoorDash. The victim took advantage of an opportunity to plot his escape and lived to tell the tale. The person told the dispatcher, he or she could hear someone saying, because you cut me and you're going to kill me and said he was bleeding all over the bed. They wrote upon arrival, Residents at the apartment advised there was a naked male in the parking lot. This is when he escaped, that needed help. Officers located, and we've redacted his name, who was naked and appeared to be bleeding from a laceration on his left arm. Name redacted, also actively backing away from the suspect, identified via a law enforcement database as Lauren Dooley, date of birth, 6-2-2000 who appear to have blood smeared on her arms and hands. I already know some people are going to ask and push back on why did I redact and why have I not proposed the individual's name who's a victim. Here's why, because he's also a victim of sexual assault. I don't give a damn what the charges say. If this was a female in the same position, I would do the exact same thing. Even though she is not charged with sexual assault, this is a sexual assault case in my opinion. So I would treat it as such on this broadcast. There's more information. The report continued, name redacted, exclaimed that Lauren tied him up and cut him. Lauren was detained but invoked her Miranda rights and refused to speak with me. The officer said the young man did not know the young woman for long but still went to her house. There's more. They sat on Lauren's couch and talked a bit. Lauren then proceeded to take clothing off and perform oral sex on him, according to the report. She then used duct tape to bind him, name redacted. 
wrists together and ankles together. The man said that despite finding it odd, he still consented. Now, let me just pause right here, okay? This is your first time meeting somebody. This is already a weird situation. I'm saying this as a public service announcement to anyone who has their first encounter with somebody, please, for the sake of all things holy, do not allow them to completely make you vulnerable to attack, okay? If you get down like that, you get down like that, I have no issue with that. But damn it, at least know who the person is. This situation happened. This man is now completely vulnerable to whatever attack she decided to bring to him. And that's exactly what she did. It can't be that serious, fellas, is my point, all right? However, when Lauren produced a knife and demanded he gets into her bedroom, he no longer consented to saying to staying at the residence. That's when it became a sexual assault. Okay, this is when it goes into this level because he was afraid he got into her bed and let her climb on top of him. She then proceeded to use the knife to cut his left shoulder and then use both hands to apply direct pressure to his throat for roughly 20 seconds, making it difficult for him to breathe. Lauren stopped, but only to procure a belt that she then placed around the young black male's neck. The second half of the affidavit, let's put it up. Because I want you to know, we have the full affidavit here of everything that has been highlighted highlighted in evidence and testimony. Dooley then tells the victim to get into the bathtub and bathe, okay? While he was in the tub, she ordered food on DoorDash. Once her order came before he opened the door, she turned to her date and said, if you scream or say anything, I'll kill you. After eating the food, she took her date, quote unquote, and went back into her bed covering him with a blanket. As the young man gets into the bed with her, he notices the knife she used to stab him is underneath the cover near his feet. At some point, Dooley falls asleep. And then he grabs the knife and attempts to free himself, cutting the duct tape. She falls asleep because torture is exhausting. She ate DoorDash, she's torturing. She falls asleep. Once free, he tried to get his keys and his phone to get out of the apartment, but accidentally bumped into a table. The noise from the bump woke Dooley up, but the victim did not stop to engage her. He ran into the parking lot, demanded help, and was met by police officers. He had no clothes on during this time. This is a hell of a story. So obviously, this story is still developing. She invoked her Miranda rights. She is not talking. We have no statement on the record from why this person did this monstrous thing according to the allegation. But please, please, everyone, let this serve as a reminder. You can't simply go head first into everybody's home and trust them without some level of fence or barrier around that relationship. People should earn that level of trust. Now, I know some people will make jokes about this segment. Some people will talk about how he liked it at first and whatever. 
Let's be 100, you wouldn't like to be in this situation. You don't want your children to be in this situation. People that you love, you won't want them to be in this situation. It's a bad situation. So we're gonna highlight this story, stay on top of it. And hopefully at some point we'll understand the motive behind this extreme behavior of this criminal who kidnapped a human being and damn near killed him. All right, Ricky, thoughts on this? Um, you know, Dr. Richie, uh, thank you for having me again. This is uh, another level of freaky dicky is back. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and, and like you said, going into situations like that head first could be dangerous. Like you just can't do anything, you know, uh, and put yourself in a predicament where you just walk in the house and you're dealing with the next uh, up and coming female version of Jeffrey Dahmer. Yep. That's that's what it that's what it sounds like. And um, you know, the, the DoorDash, I, I mean, and, and you said that um, torturing uh, somebody being tortured is exhausted and she's sleeping. Now she's sleeping and he was able to take the knife and cut himself loose. She should get life in prison, should never be able to see the light of day again. And I hope that she do uh, get a sexual assault charge along with uh, the kidnapping. Uh, attempted murder, menacing, and false imprisonment. She should never uh, uh, get out of jail again. Uh, even if, if, if she lose, uh, not able to walk again, she should never see the light of day. Because those are small signs of something that could be really dangerous. And she could have killed him. And and Lord knows that she beat this case or, or her privilege, get her out or whatever. She might do it again to somebody else. But yeah, be I, careful out there on the dating scene. Damn right, and listen, it's pretty conclusive uh, that this was planned uh, by how things worked out. You gotta think about it, she had all of the material there. She engaged in intentional actions and she decided to do exactly what she did. It was her volition that landed her here. We have an update to a story we brought you right here exclusively from Indisputable. Here's the video of what appears to be a police officer stealing money from a bank robber. Here it is. Let me put up the screenshot of another officer while he looked to be attacking the individual accused of robbing a bank. Indisputable has obtained an amended report from July 9th, 2021, over a year after the bank robbery, which happened March 9th, 2020, that adds significant details to the initial report. Sources say the additions were made after local news became interested in the BB&T bank robbery in Riverdale, Georgia. In the exclusive video, you can see that man right there, 
That is Lieutenant Kirby Threat. Now Captain Threat. He looks to be punching a black suspect who was already subdued. That's one element of this case. Now, how did we get this video? Well, the video was basically a ring video doorbell. These officers were unaware that this video existed until we broke the story. Now, in that in the amended report, let's put up the second graphic. In the amended report, it does not mention the use of force. That's required, by the way. It does not mention use of force or include the ring video doorbell that we obtained. Well, damn, look at that. We're better investigators than them. Meanwhile, the second officer, Victor Ortega, who we misnamed Vincent in yesterday's broadcast, his name is Victor. He walks away from the suspect to collect the cash off the ground. You clearly see that in the video. Bank robbery, hot pursuit, he collects the cash off the ground. What? Why are you picking up the money? I know some would say, well, he must have been organizing the money. Okay, stick with that and I got something else for you. A police officer who spoke to us on the condition of anonymity said, and I quote, the evidence, the evidence should have never been touched from the ground. If you catch a robber in hot pursuit, that means the money should all be there. Not everything was recovered. Every penny should have been accounted for in evidence according to a current police officer with the Riverdale PD. You know why he has to speak under the condition of anonymity? Because he's scared of the police, I am not. Let's put up the report. We have the leaked report now. Let me tell you what you're looking at. The leaked report shows about $1,800 was taken was taken into police custody. Remember that number, 1,800, about 1,800. At the moment, we are trying to verify from our sources how much money was actually allegedly stolen by the suspect to determine what could have been allegedly pocketed by Officer Ortega. We do not have all of those facts in evidence yet, but we are looking. The reality is the police report initially did not have this information on it. And they were allowed to amend the police report a year later. You mean to tell me you know more details a year later than you did on the day of? Also, only one police report existed from that day, only one. And it was from Ortega. The man you see on the video. That's according to the information we have received. Let's go ahead and put them up. The chief and the mayor. Now, I'm including the mayor now because they have refused to return the emails of my production team. Chief Todd Spivey, chief of police, and Mayor Evelyn Dixon have not responded to requests or comment about the allegations made by our sources connected to their police department. But it is worth noting that city council, city council actually canceled their scheduled meeting yesterday. All right, now, why is this so important to you? Why should you be concerned about this? Because corruption does not exist in a vacuum. If this is true, that means it is systemic 
That means individuals were protected. That means that people who engaged in malfeasance received promotions rather than penalty. That's what it means. It's important to you because corruption is never linear. It always has variables. If they'll steal, they'll do other things too. You know, my grandmother used to say, if you lie, you'll steal. And if you steal, you'll, you'll kill. kill. Come on, Ricky. Your yes. mama told you the same thing. You know so it. what are your thoughts on this, brother? Well, that's why I, why, why I don't uh, fool with liars, because I really believe that. And, I, and we both have uh, grandma backgrounds. And I have to say uh, the Justice Department, the United States Justice Department should be really, really busy these days investigating stuff like this because it seemed like the police are uh, supposed to be policing can't police themselves. Mm. And you can't hold other people accountable if you can't hold yourself accountable. And integrity starts within, within and yeah. it works way out. You, you know, so, um, you know, I just, I, I mean, I think it's a, a sad day uh, for, for the police officers uh, to, to not only assault the black man, but to, to steal money and thank God for cell phone and ring cameras, mm. which is part of solving a lot of crimes because now you got that third eye watching you. And uh, and, and, and like you said, people just have to, um, uh, we have to get back to integrity and holding people accountable, but they have to hold themselves accountable. And I hope that they are fired. I hope that the police chief is, is held accountable uh, from the mayor's office on down or whatever, because they have to stop playing politics and do what's right, whether you're Democrat, or Republican or whatever, right is right and wrong is wrong. And they should all be fired, especially the way that they, are. and I find it interesting that the fraternal order of police are never, you never hear a peep from them whenever you hear about cases like this or whatever. But everything is always uh, blue lives matter. But when it comes to something like this or assaulting a person of color, you yep. never hear from the fraternal order of police. Never, not a peep no. at all. All right, Giuliani, Rudy Dam Giuliani has now praised the slaughtering of natives in the United States of America. Let me show you how he did it. Here's the video. Kill the hero. Well, Columbus is probably the first hero. And uh, there's no evidence that he did any of these things. In fact, most of the atrocities they're talking about occurred 30 years after he left, if anything, he was he was a, he was benevolent. He tried very, very hard to avoid the wars that went on. But, but let, let, I mean, look, the people he brought over with him, they weren't saints, they were soldiers. But the people there were living in the third world, including a third world of violence where they where they scalped each other and killed each other and raped each other. and. This wasn't a civilization they came to. This was a third, fourth world country. They had no idea of what they were facing. Columbus did everything he could to control it. He got out of control 40 years later and he's being blamed for it. Giuliani has gone full KKK. Understand exactly what he's saying is a sentiment held by the KKK in the United States of America. He is speaking directly to the base of the Trump 
um, audience, to the base of his supporters. He's talking directly to them. Let's be very clear. What Giuliani is saying <clears throat> is that basically Christopher Columbus did a positive thing by coming to America, engaging in the insane violence against those who are native. Now I want you to understand what he's doing here. He's reframing the narrative. This is why it's important to understand that history is his story. That's what he's doing. We can all agree Columbus Day is the fakest damn holiday on the calendar. At my college where I teach, no student is off on Columbus Day. The only Christopher we recognize is Wallace. Here it is, Jesse Waters. He had a very similar opinion, once again, aligned with what the KKK says. Well, you can also say good things about this country. It doesn't have to be picking scabs every single day. That's also good relationship advice, Geraldo. <laughs> Congresswoman Bush said two I, I things. I need another sentence to go with that. <laughs> Congresswoman Bush said two things, that I, really dumb things. She says this land was stolen. This land wasn't stolen. We won this land on the battlefield and we bought it. Right? We purchased Spain. I mean, we purchased Florida from Spain. We have the receipts. What do you want to give Florida back to Spain? How about the Seminole? Spain probably and wouldn't Apaches take it. And the well, what about them, Geraldo? We won that territory on the battlefield. It was an ugly, brutal battle, but we won it. We're not just going to give everything back to the indigenous people of this country. That's just no no civilization. What do the Moors come into Spain but and you conquer the, the them beef, for 800 the, years? The beef Dead is people legit. just, oh, let's just give it back to Spain. Just It's just, just not reality. Please, somebody get that clown in the bullpen immediately. Okay, let's do it. Columbus himself, because gentlemen, you need a history lesson and I'm glad to bring it to you. Columbus himself in his own writings boasted of his intention to do what? To enslave people, that's what he wrote, he boasted that he would enslave people and ship them back to Spain to serve the king and the queen. He wrote this, there is no nobility in owning another human being. And for those who did not agree with his plan, they were to be exterminated according to Christopher Columbus. See, I won't let you rewrite history on my watch. There's more. <clears throat> They should be good and intelligent servants, it reads. For I see that they say very quickly everything that is said to them. And I believe that they will become Christians very easily. For it seemed to me that they had no religion. Our Lord pleasing, at the time of my departure, I would take six of them from here to your highness in order that they may learn to speak. He's talking about enslaving them. Utilizing religion in order to control them. Sounds familiar? They're doing the same thing today. Same plan, different man. That's what's happening now. There's more. He further wrote, with 50 men, all right, now he's upping the calculation. With 50 men, they can all be subjected and made to do what is required of them. In 1493, when he returned, he noted that even though the natives were artless, and generous with what they had. 
to such a degree as no one would believe him who has seen it or anything they have. If it be asked for, they never say no, but do rather invite the person to accept it and show us much lovingness as though they would give their hearts. That Emperor Ferdinand and his consort Isabella may see that I shall give them as much gold as they need as slaves, as many as they shall order to be shipped. Sounds noble to you, sounds like generosity to you. What is he doing? He's saying these people are so benevolent. These people are so gracious, these people are so loving. I'm not going to let them influence me to become a better man. I'm going to take advantage and exploit them because they have good hearts. You're evil, it's what you are. But once again, that same spirit exists in the world right now today. Taking advantage of those who are good hearted, who believe in you as a leader. There's more, 20 years later, the Spanish with the endorsement of the Catholic Church adopted a sinister policy called the requirement. Look it up when you get a moment, it states, we shall take you and your wives and your children and shall make slaves of them. And as such shall sell and dispose of them as their highness may command. And we shall take away your goods and should do all the harm and damage that we can. That is written in the historical record. Additionally, what would become of the United States of America was not a country as Giuliani put it, nor was violence uniquely endemic to the cultures that Columbus chronicled. At the time in which he sailed the Spanish Inquisition, 1478 to 1834 was in full swing across Europe less than 200 years after the conclusion of the Crusades. In my first doctoral dissertation, I highlight this dynamic in much detail. And it shows clearly that Christianity has been used to create more wars than it stopped. Now that's a sad thing, but it's exploitation. <clears throat> All right, Brother Smiley, what are your thoughts here? You you know, Dr. Rich, I hate to say this, and uh, we had we we briefly talked about this this weekend. And I love God. Yes, same here. God that I serve, man, that make the sun uh, turn day to night and night to day. I absolutely love him. What I struggle with as a human because of what you just got finished talking about, I struggle with religion. Mm-hmm. And I always question what, what we're being taught. This is why you have to know your history. And that's why I wish it was just uh, places that people could take their kids because now they're trying to rewrite history and take certain things out of the uh, public school system. And uh, and our kids don't know the history because you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you've been, yep. and you don't know where you come from. And um, in the sea, uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, which was a, a so-called beloved mayor of New York, and really had a I had a, re- a really good, pretty good profile during yep. 2011 to succumb, if that's the correct word, mm-hmm. to uh, Trump teaching and get into this right-wing uh, craziness and um, and become damn near the Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> Absolutely disheartening. Uh, uh, to see him 
uh, his his career just took a decline like that because I used to have a lot of respect for him when he was the mayor of New York. But uh, we have to continue to teach our kids uh, history, uh, black history, and uh, get our pastors uh, in our churches and in our mega churches to also start offering those courses like that, like my pastor in Dallas, Texas, uh, Pastor Frederick Douglas Haynes. Uh, uh, he does all of these uh, wonderful teachings. Uh, he's he's my pastor when I moved to Dallas, Texas, and I'm a proud member of Friendship West Missionary Baptist Church, where um, where you could go and get the word, but you can also be taught a history lesson, and that's why learning, knowing your history, is important, Doctor Richie. Thank you again for having me. Man, I'm so appreciative that you're here. I love Pastor Haynes, so you yeah. tell him I said hello. All right. I we got more on the other side is indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me remind everyone of our dear sister, Senator Nina Turner. I had her on my radio program this morning and she is so excited. She is so excited about joining the TYT network full time. All right, so don't forget unbossed. Unbossed with Senator Nina Turner, that's coming to you. We just got a few days, all right? That's coming to you on the 17th. Make sure you subscribe to the corresponding YouTube channel that corresponds to the show, youtube.com forward slash unbossed TYT. Nina will expose how the elites in government, media and other sectors game the system and what you can do to fight it, all right? Very proud about this sister. All right, here's some comments, let's get it. Next TYT reporter says, Look, you seem like a nice person, but I'm gonna pass on the second date. Yeah, I mean, tie me up. No, <laughs> not on the first date, all right. All right, uh, Lynn says, Rudy is not in jail. Does that mean he paid what he owed to his wife? <laughs> when she came out and said that man's check bounced. No way. She said his check bounced. I mean, she and she went to get a warrant for his arrest. Uh, that means, I mean, that. She don't care about the money because she knows you can't pay if you in jail. She just, she hates him so much, she just wants him locked up. Right. Okay, damn that paid me my money back, girl, just take him to jail. I got something for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on him for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel free, back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. What's your question? Did you vote for Donald Trump? Did I vote for Donald Trump? What do you think? No. Okay. Here's a question for you. Why would you ask me that in here knowing I'm the only Jew in this room? Are you trying to get me killed? If it makes you feel any better, I vote in New York. My vote doesn't matter there. It doesn't matter
Masterful, I got more video. You see how that anti-Karen, the comedian turned the tables in a professional way, then it got violent. Here it is. But I did ask if anybody had any questions. I didn't think it was going to be, that's on me. That was on me for thinking I could have a human interaction with somebody. That's my fault. No, look, I'm such an insecure person. Here, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the rest of that bit, and then, and then we'll move on. I'm so insecure, I went and got an ID. Yeah, I'm never coming to people ever again. She took the damn beer and drunk it on stage. Legendary response. Let's put a picture up full mass here. The comedian's name is Ariel Elias. Elias explained what happened right after the incident. FWIW, the club is pressing charges against the guy and book mean to come back in April. Well, good for you. Let's put up the name, the, okay, we don't have the club. The club is Uncle Vinny's Comedy Club, all right? Very popular spot, a lot of comedy, a lot of good folk. Now, what was happening here? She was telling jokes. She was heckled from the audience by obviously a Karen. Now, according to the narrative, the Karen, off camera is not the one who threw the beer, but it was a male acquaintance who threw the beer. It looked to be a full can of beer, which means if it would have hit her, there would have been significant damage. Thankfully, it did not. But the restaurant, the establishment, they have stood up for right. And they are booking her back. And madam, I really do hope your career continues to thrive because the way you handled that Masterful, but I'm just a lay person, I'm not a comedian. We have a professional joke teller on the show. Ricky, what is your assessment of how this comedian handled that situation against the Karen? Well, I started doing comedy November the 13th, 1989 was the first time I stepped on stage at a comedy club. And I have to say the comedian was genius. Yeah. Genius, uh, her temperament, the way she handled the uh, situation, uh, they could not, uh, take the sarcasm that came with the jokes, and uh, the audience was clearly not on her side. And who goes to a comedy club to sit down to dictate and try to figure out uh, who someone voted for? Uh, as of, I've had, I've had right wing comedians make me laugh because funny is funny, and you go to the comedy club to get away from politics or whatever. And what kind of uh, you know uh, man that that date a woman that would sit there because if she was my date or whatever uh, she would not behave that way or I would have got up and I would have left her there uh, and the date would have been over. Yeah. You know, I say, hey babe, I don't think it's a good idea. I think you should be quiet. What you're doing is embarrassing and disrespectful. But no, you date a beta male that <laughs> sat there. And listen to all of that, and then he decided to throw a beer, and uh, because he probably was afraid of being made to sleep on the couch that night. <laughs> right. Supported his alpha female uh, in that, so it was it was disrespectful, and people like that should never be allowed to go to a comedy club again. And I hope they both go to jail. 
Yeah, so it looks like obviously the establishment, they are pressing charges, good for them. Good. They are now booking the comedian back to come. And, and I, hope uh, comedian, uh, I, hope, I hope the comedian press charges also mm -hmm. and, and sue them. You know, it's not about the money, it's all about the principle of the matter and holding people accountable uh, to their actions. So yeah. they are fight before they do something like that again, Dr. Richie. That's right, and you can sue Madam under the novel theory of assault, which means you had anxiety, you saw this assault coming even though it did not land. That moment, those seconds of that anxiety caused you emotional distress. That's how this works, talk to a lawyer about it. Anti-Karens, unite. What are you doing, bro? Stop hurting everybody. What are you doing? You live over there. I live, I live over here. We're gonna win. You're in public, homie. Yeah, you're in public. Let me take you back to the beginning of why this encounter happened. Here it is. Okay, you stop waiting in and I'll, I'll move it. Well, you live over there, not over here. We're not even in your driveway, bro. We're in the neighbor's house. Well, this is what we gotta do. It. <laughs> what are you right here for? I'm renting my. Yeah, go ahead. I got gophers over here. Go ahead. Go ahead. What are you doing, bro? Stop hurting everybody. What are you doing? You live over there. I live, I live over here. We're well, gonna win. You're in public, homie. You're in public, homie. Property. Now you're being trespassed. Yeah, whatever. Come up to the street. That's what he wants. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Getting people in that they're not even supposed to be in all the time. It's all cool. I do not condone violence, but I do condone snatching the damn water holes out of a male Karen who's out of control and spraying him with the same water he was spraying you with. I condone that. That was a good move. All right. Ricky, sometimes it's just better to be okay with having your bias on the inside. What are your thoughts? Uh, let's just hope that it was holy water inside. <laughs> because sometimes, some, like the uh, the old song, uh, rest in peace, cool in the water. Yeah, that's right, cool in the water. I'm sorry. <laughs> you had to, you couldn't help yourself, brother. Yeah, uh, uh, I, 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 I don't know, uh, Dr. Rich, people just need to, uh, to, to calm down. Um, you know, that situation could have got really ugly. Yep. And those are situations that leads to bigger things, you know, like murder mm -hmm. somebody.
to the house and got a gun and started shooting kids around. You know, it's an afternoon, everybody's outside or whatever, something really bad could have happened. And sometimes you have to, I mean, all the time you should assess the situation and take control of yourself and your behavior for the safety of others. Because sometimes when somebody is right here, you have to be right here. You have to be the one to diffuse the situation. But he needed that water because water always does cooling water, put out fires (laughs) and water to relax and have a good time. Uh, Water is good to drink when you're thirsty. but it wasn't a bad thing, and uh, let's, let's just hope and pray that the, that the water is holy water, that he'll turn his life over and give his life over to the Lord and be baptized. There Amen. you go. Amen. There it is. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable. Stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Two things, two things. First, let me highlight these folks right here, all right? Black coffee. Black Coffee Company, these individuals are remarkable. They're based in Atlanta, and this is where black excellence meets black economy. I just wanna say big ups and thank you for all you have done for our community. They are engaged in mentorship. They have hired so many young people, and they are so, so courteous when you walk in. So I told them I'd give them a shout out when I got my cup of coffee and with a button, all right? also. I had a great time over the weekend. So I took midterms in law school on Saturday. It was gruesome, right? But guess what? I was able to kick back and relax Saturday evening because my big homie Ricky Smiley actually cooked dinner and this brother could throw down. Let's put up those pictures. <laughs> All right, man, we had a ball, man. <laughs> Pinto beans, collard greens, you gave us a black eyed peas. You had a shrimp ball going on. And brother, I, I tell people, I said, man, Ricky moved so fast that it was hard to catch him in the camera. Cause it, like you you were blurry in the camera, brother, cause you kept moving. But that's right. just how you are, you full of energy, man. Thank you again, brother, for the for the remarkable fellowship and the dinner. Man, thank you for coming, uh, Dr. Richard. We have been planning this a long time. Yeah, I look forward to uh, a lot more. We're gonna have a great time, man. I, I, it was a pleasure meeting you, I've man. been a fan. For years, and uh, thank you for everything that you do. And I watch all of your videos, and I, I'm shocked that I'm on the show. I'm, I'm oh, man, the feeling is mutual, brother. Been a fan of yours for many years. I remember the first time I saw you live, um, it was at Albany State University. I was lecturing at Albany State University. This was years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and you were in town. I paid that extra money to be on the front row. Yeah. And they, and they said, listen, man, you got to be careful. Cause that front row, that's a dangerous spot to be with Ricky Smiley. <laughs> you did not get on me and my three-piece suit, brother. I came so sharp. I said, I wish he would say something about my suit. <laughs> I had to let you make it. You was, you was clean with a K. That's right, clean with a K. All right, um, horrific, horrific. A, teen, a teenager, 14 years of age, slammed by a resource officer in the school system. Gets his skull fractured. Let me do this first. Let me bring up the shots we have, the screenshots we have of the footage in the hallway. Okay, you see this footage, right? The officer slams this teenager. This teenager only weighs about 130, 140 pounds. Okay, let's go to the hospital bed. The cop 
injured this student so much, he had to be hospitalized. But the most serious injury was a skull fracture and permanent brain damage to the child. Permanent, permanent brain damage by the school resource officer. We got some work to do. Let's put up his picture, this cop, okay? This happened in Rockford, Illinois. A Rockford, Illinois high school student was brutally attacked by a resource officer. He was violently slammed by this cop. Not only has it been psychologically traumatizing, it has been physically dramatic. The student resource officer, his name is Bradley Lauer, a Rockford police officer, was the man who slammed the teen when he was walking the halls during class. Well, what kind of high crime or felony is that? Walking the halls during class. So this, this is what you do to someone who does not have a hall pass? That's how you operate, coward? There's more, let's put up the kid's picture. It has been released by the media. 14 year old Paris Moore was the 4'11", 140 pound student was knocked out cold when this cop slammed him into the ground. Moore also faced charges, but not right away. Not until two months later after the family hired a lawyer to file a lawsuit against the school district and the police. Do you see what they're doing here? They filed lawsuit, they sought to file a lawsuit two months after this cop brutally assaulted their son. So what did the system do in response? They did not advocate for the child. They did not come out and say, we have a cop who is adverse to the values of this department. They said, okay, you want to do that? We're gonna lock up your son, we're gonna charge him with a crime now. See, if he committed a crime, he would have been charged that day. But see, there's no statutory code that makes it illegal to walk in a hallway during class. There's more. Moore was wondering, the kid was simply wondering the hallway during classes when the assistant principal tried to grab him and then the cop approached him. Slam more to the hard floor, head first. You don't even treat an adult like that. This coward ass cop decided to do this to a 14 year old child that barely weighed 140 pounds. That's what he decided to do inside of a school system. The reason why this makes me so upset is because he's in the school. He's at school, you got a chance, you have him there. Yeah, he's walking down the hallway, so what? You haven't walked down a hallway before? You haven't been late to a class before? I have, he's at the school. Do you think he wants to be at that school now? Moore had multiple scabs following the incident. Let's put those pictures back up. They hospitalized this child, skull fracture, scabs. Moore's grandmother, her name is Diane Morgan. She was called in by school officials saying that Moore had just failed. That's what the school officials said, they lied. That's why I'm calling them out today. They said, "Oh, he just had a, an unfortunate tumble, he fell down. And all of these injuries happened because of a fall. What is that? That's called conspiracy, that's against the law too. Criminals are literally in charge of this school. 
When Morgan arrived to pick up her grandson, Moore was in a wheelchair, shaking while in handcuffs. Imagine picking up your child in that condition and the school system telling you, "Oh, he just failed. It was it was his fault." The officer approached me and informed me that there was a little struggle, and just a little a little struggle. We we were able to overcome that. Paris had slipped and fell and hit his head according to the officer. Morgan took her grandson to the hospital when they found the true severity of his injuries. Thank God for a real grandmother who did not trust the word of that school official nor the cop and said, I'm taking my grandbaby to the hospital. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this and that's exactly what they did. The family did not believe that the school's account was accurate. Given the size of the skull fracture, they demanded to see the school security video. They were not given that video immediately. They decided to hire an attorney. A month later, the video was finally turned over and showed what really happened. She says, and I quote, my son was laying there, not being able to move at all. Why? Because he has brain damage now. And said, I said, Stephen Moore, Moore's mother, Stephen Moore. They're just digging through his pockets and he's just limp body laying there. That's on the video. Let's go ahead and put up the picture of the principal, okay? And the assistant principal. You have Auburn High in Rockford, Illinois, principal Jennifer Kiefer and assistant principal Jonathan Gates. You see the buck is supposed to stop with them. Now, according to the initial narrative, the principal was aware that this happened because it started with an engagement between the principal and the student. The CBS 2 Chicago investigators obtained federal data from the 2017-2018 school year, the most recent available. It shows Auburn High School referred students to police 72 times that year, 72 times in one year. Resulting in 43 arrests of children from that one school. The data also revealed the school refers students more often to police than 94% of all of the high schools in the whole United States of America. That includes some high school districts that have the most detrimental socioeconomic issues in that local community. They're beating all of them in arrest. Don't make them tell you or allow them to make you believe that arrest equates to crime. Just because a school system has a higher arrest rate does not mean they have high criminal activity as you can see right here in this story. Let's put it up, got the graphic. 2017, 2018 school year, 72 referrals to the police, 43 arrests, Rockford Public Schools Superintendent. That's the guy in charge of everything, okay? Rockford Public School Superintendent Aaron Jarrett, that's him. Rockford School District and Police Department refused to comment on the head slam and the treatment of Paris. The family's attorney says they are filing a lawsuit next week. Damn it, file their lawsuit as fast as you can. Now, one of these executives, and that's what I call you because you're damn sure not public servants. I'm a former high school teacher myself. I would have. I would have exposed every single one of you. Now to the teaching staff that's there, we already know your administrators are bull. 
They're straight full of you know what. But to the teachers that are there, this story should have came from you all. Somebody from the teaching ranks should have exposed this story to us. You may think that you're a good person because you don't body slam children. But if you know of that happening and you do nothing, you're not as good as you think you are. Stand up for these kids. You got into the teaching profession for the right reasons because it doesn't pay that much money. You gotta get highly educated. You gotta go through school, take tests, final exams, get a graduate degree typically. So I know your heart was in the right place at one point. I was raised by a school teacher. My mother who adopted me is a school teacher. Please make sure you are advocating for those children in every way possible, even outside of that school system. Ricky, thoughts here. Um, um, the, the officers should go to jail uh, for assault, child endangerment. Uh, you, you know the, the abuse that he took from the tough guy, uh, police officer, or whatever. Uh, anybody that had anything to do with this case, as far as ad- administration-wise, uh, should also be held accountable. Yeah. Uh, for these actions, this kid uh, probably, you know, as you said, is going to have permanent brain damage. And Doctor, what is the whole purpose? Like you said. What is the whole purpose of having a police officer in the school, which is supposed to protect the children and doing that kind of damage? You're supposed to be protecting the kids or whatever. Why couldn't you pull the kid uh, to the side and have a conversation with him? Why are you always so aggressive, uh, uh, you know, towards children that you're supposed to protect? And walking down the hall, he wasn't walking down the hall with a weapon or walking down the hall drinking, smoking, or being violent towards other students or whatever. It just led to something, and that never should have. Uh, taking taking place. I feel sorry for Paris more, and uh, we pray for his family. Hope that he uh, have a speedy recovery and can get back on his feet. But you know, in the way they tried to downplay uh, the situation, anybody that had a hand in that, even if you saw it and didn't say anything, you should be held. They should be held accountable and never allowed to work around kids again. Because your first order of business is to protect. The, the, to protect the kids right. and be, you know, and, and be an advocate for the safety of our children. So well said, I have a good friend who's a resource officer. He said his first obligation is to protect children. His right. second obligation is to mentor them. That's what he does, he loves his job as a resource officer. All right. Let me give an update to a story we reported and a correction to a name. We submitted Columbus PD lawsuit. Remember this story, all right? We are issuing a direct correction to a name, and I want to make sure we get this right for the record. There's a brief recap. Let me give you the recap of this story. Timothy L. Hawkins, Timothy L. Hawkins of Orlando said a federal court, said in a federal court filing last year that he was arrested at gunpoint in his home by US Marshals in September 2020 and spent seven days in jail at the height of the COVID outbreak. A Franklin County judge dismissed the charges a week later after finding that Hawkins was very obviously not the perpetrator. Not only did his description not match, his height did not match, his name did not match. But because they lacked to do investigative prowess in the beginning, they had to then have it cleaned up by a federal judge on the back end. Let's put up the picture of the current chief. Of police. Her name is Elaine, that is Chief Elaine Bryant. We named Chief Elaine Bryant and it was accurate. She is the current chief. 
It was, however, former chief Thomas Quinlan, who was in charge at the time of the incident in question. Take a good look at him. This is a 30 year veteran. He was chief from February 9th, 2019 to January 28th, 2021, short stint. And was viewed with divided opinions by the community. I'm gonna get into that, let's keep this picture up. He had not even ended his probationary period as chief before he was forced to resign. And was then demoted to deputy chief because of his failure to meet the needs of city leadership and the community. His resignation as chief also came after one of his officers had fatally shot an unarmed black man in December 2020. Mayor Andrew Ginter said the chief lost public trust after failing to successfully implement the reform and change I expect and that the community demands. Community leaders at that time had told the mayor repeatedly he had made the wrong choice in appointing that chief. Reports on the chief's resignation also highlighted reforms following the George Floyd protest where police use of force, particularly by the Columbus PD, came under fire amid demands for change. When Quinlan became chief, the mayor made it clear that he was tasked with fighting racism in the community and within the division following an August 2019 report from the Matrix Consulting Group that concluded in part that Columbus police have a significant disparity of use of force against minority residents that the city must address. Let's go back to the photo of the chief again, okay? An investigation into this chief and his efforts and attitude with certain reforms were clearly not in line with the public's expectations of police reform. In recent news, Former Columbus Vice Officer Stephen Rosser was sentenced to 18 months in prison for doing what? Depriving a victim's civil rights. A jury found this man right here guilty of conspiracy to violate an individual civil rights February 2022. Rosser was employed for 19 years and worked as a vice detective from April 2013 to October 2018, he was fired in 2019 and later indicted and arrested in March of 2020. Let me be very clear to the mayor of the city. I'm gonna give you some advice unsolicited here. What you tried to do is a good thing. And you then fired the chief because you believe that the leadership can clean up the corruption. Sometimes the corruption is so core to the character and the culture of that agency that you cannot think reform, you must think replacement. One leader will not transform the culture of what you have in front of you. You have to let some folks go. You're going to have to make some tough decisions about everyone in that agency. According to court documents and testimony, Rosser and others conspired to deprive the civil rights of one of the owners of a gentleman's club by seizing and searching him and his vehicle without probable cause and violation of the Fourth Amendment to the US Constitution. During the trial, the government presented evidence that Rosser was part of a scheme to do what? To frame the victim for cocaine possession 
the actual amount of cocaine planted on the scene as part of the plot was minuscule, a minuscule amount, approximately 0.17 grams. Authorities say Rosser falsified documentation to conceal the conspiracy activity after orchestrating the fraudulent arrest. Do you think he did this alone? Do you think he's the only person engaging in this kind of criminal conspiracy conduct? Mayor, you got a problem. Now, you know the problem that you have. Here's a novel idea. Coordinate with your state agency and your local sheriff's office. And I want you to consider firing everybody on that police force. It has been done. We just recently had a story of it a few days ago. You got a clean shop now for the sake of the community that elected you. Listen to them this time. You did not listen to them before and you see what happened. Ricky, what are your thoughts here? I, I, I think um, uh, uh, two things, Dr. Richard. You know, just like they have laws uh, with people perpetrating the police and pretending to be the police in order to rob people or take mm-hmm. advantage of somebody. Those same laws should apply to police officers that falsify documents and um, plant uh, uh, cocaine, weed, whatever, uh, to get people put in um, you know, legal jams like that. Because it's, it's, it's almost no different in my opinion. Uh, anybody, you know, uh, falsifying, uh, pretending to be the police officer to, uh, to get advantage of, to take advantage of somebody or to do somebody bodily harm in the head body because you're held to a higher standard. That's right. Police officer. So yeah, sometimes you have to take three steps backwards in order to take two steps forward in order to do the right thing. Because when a dentist, uh, you put gel on your tooth and it that's just for a minute. But what a dentist does, it goes all the way down into the tooth and pull the nerve out when you get a root canal. And then they build the tooth back up and then put the cap on. So it's not just like putting a cap on a rotten tooth. But you have to go in and get the decay out and take the nerve out and build the tooth back up in order to have that. That's just an analogy. Great analogy. Done to a lot of police departments all over the country. Such a great analogy, such a great analogy. Um, and I believe As you just said, cops have to be held to a higher standard of accountability. Think about it, every profession, if you're a medical doctor, psychiatrist, a professor, you're held to a higher standard of care as it relates to the people you serve. Except for policing, in police they get all kinds of perks, qualified immunity. They get held to a lower standard of accountability with the law. They can lie on police reports without any penalty. That doesn't make sense, you're a professional for a reason. That means that you should know better than the average citizen. And that's why you are held to a higher standard of accountability. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. Always thankful for our live audience. Okay, Mickey C the Silver Hat Dragon says, geez, Dr. Richie. You're in Albany, New York and didn't visit me. I'm just a little over an hour north. I would have fed you too, LOL. Well, now I know that, Mickey C, communication, all right? Thank you for letting me know. Uh, Bernie the Kiwi Dragon, Dr. Richie is the sort of person I'm amazed by. As if he can do 28 hours worth of work and 24 hours every day, not eating or sleeping. How is he able to do so much and be and still be full of energy? Well, Bernie, I'm gonna tell you this, um, I love what I do. I love what I do and when I wake up in the morning, I'm full of passion, but purpose. I do not dread my days, I embrace them. 
But thank you for saying what you say. And people like you who provide support for this platform. So once again, defunding the police happening right in front of you. Family gets $12 million after a father died in police custody. Here's the clip. The video starts with police arriving on the scene after Prude's brother called them, saying Prude was experiencing a mental health episode. The footage shows an officer approach Prude, who was on the street naked. Get on the ground. Put your hands behind your back. Behind your back. Yes, don't sir. move. Yes. Don't move. Yes, Chill out, man. Don't move, all right, man? Yes, Just don't sir. move. Yes, sir. Prude complies with the officer's request and is then handcuffed. Jesus Christ, I pray, man. <laughs> Let me go, Give me the Then, three minutes after the initial encounter, officers place a spit sock over Prude's head to minimize exposure after they say he was spitting. It distresses Prude further. Yo, get the and when he does not comply and appears to try to stand, three officers get on the ground to physically restrain him and hold him to the ground. One officer has his knee on Prude's back and the other is holding his head to the pavement while the spit sock remains on his head. Another officer can be seen putting his weight on Prude's head, who appears to be struggling to breathe. Mr. Prude is dead. Put up his picture. He should be alive today. City of Rochester has now agreed to pay an eight figure settlement to the children of a black man who died while in police custody. Daniel Prude's family after months of mediation arrived at a mutually acceptable number. Two federal judges approved a settlement of 12 million minus attorney fees and cost to go to their children, to go to the children of this male who should be alive, Mr. Daniel Prude. The grand jury opted not to level criminal charges against the officers involved, siding with their claim that they were following department training when they engaged Prude. I believe the grand jury got that part completely wrong. Let me give you background to the family and their legal pursuit to get a semblance of justice here. And believe me, they'd rather have this young black male alive than the money. Originally, Prude's sister filed the civil suit, but a judge later ruled they were the estate's rightful heirs. Of the settlement, six million is allotted for conscious pain and suffering compensation. With the other six million being compensation for monetary damages for the wrongful death of their father. The city did not pay any punitive damages to the children who will only receive eight million after paying the lawyers. They should have received punitive. Punitive is meant to be a punishment because of your actions. They received no punitive damage here. Months after the incident, the family was finally able to see the video as it was released to the masses. The video was met with scores of protests and resulted in the firing of the police chief and the departure of senior command. Chief Leron Singletary tried to resign but was terminated before the resignation went into effect. Rochester Mayor Malik D. Evans, who was not in office when Prude was killed, released a statement saying the settlement was the best decision for the city. Remember, it is a record settlement. Let's put up his picture. Leron Singletary, who currently 
is running for Congress, drew criticism when the Prude family pointed to a series of emails from June 2020 between city officials and the police commanders coordinating the time of release of the body cam videos. Of the circumstances around Prue's death to the family and to the public, the police argued that with national fervor around Black Lives Matter, there might be blowback to their department because of the death of a black male. Efforts to prevent this from happening again, Prude's son, Nathaniel McFarland, said in a statement, his father was not a criminal and that his only crime was needing help. Now with the help of their lawyers, they are asking for the New York legislature to pass Daniel's law. Daniel's law would arrange for trained mental health professionals to respond to the mental health crisis in communities instead of police officers. I concur with that sentiment, we've been saying the same thing right here. Day one on Indisputable, there are places they can look at for case studies, Ithaca, New York. We had the mayor of Ithaca, New York right here on the show telling us about how they developed their response based on actual 911 calls they surveyed. It comes to this conclusion, 50% of the 911 calls did not even require a police officer. Look at the data, let your decisions be data driven like Ithaca, New York, invest in your community which includes those that may experience a mental health crisis. This man should be alive today. Ricky, thoughts here. Sometimes, sometimes Dr. Richard, I think want to have training, uh, training for mental health because I think some of them are trigger happy, like Marvin Gaye uh, saying something was going on, trick, uh, 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 trigger happy policemen. Yeah. Uh, because see, with that, uh, you have mental health. Uh, calls in place. Now you can't pull the trigger. You have to hold them down until somebody can get there and subdue them, uh, and make sure that they don't have no, no medical issue. And now, and, and to me, in my opinion, I think sometimes they use uh, lack of training. Uh, we're not a trained for mental health in order to justify killing somebody. And mm. it's just pretty much another George Floyd situation. Well said. We're going to stay on top of this story. Let me give everyone an update to an exclusive that we brought you. Let's go to the video of an officer who claimed he was assaulted. That battery happened to him. Let's go to that video now. Okay, let me tell you what you're looking at. You're looking at Officer Antonio Vives standing outside of a Riverdale, Georgia Walmart. And according to him, he was assaulted. There was a battery committed against him. Now, as you can see, he's standing to obstruct individuals from walking into the Walmart. Several people pass him, some touch his clothing to get around him. Well, he arrested, he arrested falsely a young man, okay? He arrested a young man. Let's put up the picture of this cop. Former Riverdale officer Antonio Vives said on the police report that Jordan McDuffie had committed battery and obstruction. Did you see battery or obstruction there? No, I got more evidence, I got more information and I actually have his police report and his resignation in writing. And I'm going to expose what doesn't add up. Via an anonymous source, we've obtained the incident report that Officer Vives signed. Here's how 
that cop described the incident you just saw. He said, and I quote, as I was standing in the doorway of Walmart, the offender, now known to me as Jordan McDuffie, said, excuse me, but then immediately ran into me and made physical contact with my body and my firearm, essentially pushing me out of his way. That's what he said on the police report. Lying on the police report is a crime. I have just exposed it directly to you. Here's what another officer said in the Riverdale Police Department about that cop. He said, and I quote, you had to be careful with Vives. From what I saw, he only arrested black people. That's one of his colleagues saying that to us anonymously. He still has this photo posted on Instagram, let's put it up, with the hashtag humanizing the badge after he resigned from the Riverdale Police Department. Indisputable has also obtained a note reportedly from Vives announcing his resignation to pursue his education. The note is dated January 31st, 2021, yet officers connected to the department say that he actually left in January 2022. Now we did find his current employment. He is now working as a Kawita County Sheriff's deputy in the state of Georgia. Let's put up the sheriff. Now sheriff, I'm doing this because you all have refused to communicate with my team. I gave you an opportunity to go on record as to what's happening. The Coweta County Sheriff, his name is Lynn Wood. The department has confirmed that Vivas is in fact employed with them. The Riverdale Police Department, nor the city, nor Coweta County have responded to our request for comment only confirming employment. Well, that's why I did this update. You gotta do better by the people here, Sheriff. There needs to be an investigation. Did he lie on his application? Did he disclose what? had happened during that time? Were you aware of his problematic history according to other officers at that previous police department? Or do you care? You got an opportunity to prove it. Ricky, we got a few seconds left, what are your thoughts here? Hey, after, after he's out of jail for lying on the police report, he should never be able to serve as a police officer again ever. Because had you and I was working at Burger King and we mm. committed we would not be allowed to work at any Burger King in the United States of America or McDonald's or Walmart or strip club. That's right, that's right. You know, so so why is it that a police officer can get fired as a police officer after they've done wrong and lied on a police report and committed a crime and get to go and work as a police officer again? It don't make sense. None at all. Dear brother, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Tell people they can follow you, check out your great work. Yes, sir, man, love you, man. Thank you love for you. having me. All right, tell people how they can follow you. Check out your work. Hey, make sure y'all check me out at Ricky Smiley, uh, Ricky Smiley Official, Ricky Smiley Official on everything. Always a pleasure, dear brother. Till next time, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable.